Everybody, come on in. Time for church. It's good to have you uh, this Wednesday night. It's a hot one out today, right? But hey, it's not too bad inside here. Amen. All right, live streamers, if you're watching on live stream, good to have you tonight. And uh, come on in and uh, grab a seat and join us. Uh, a couple quick announcements as we get started, as y'all are grabbing a seat. Don't forget, kids are with us for worship tonight. And as soon as worship is over, they run down and check them in. And I think Samara and the crew has them tonight. So lucky for her, she gets to bless our kids tonight. A couple quick announcements. Number one is this. Don't forget, Sunday, July 30th, right after church at the Urbana Park, we're having a church picnic. So uh, only thing you got to do is A, be there. And B, bring something to eat. I'll provide the main stuff, we'll provide the side stuff, and hopefully lots of desserts, okay? So that's July 30th, right after church. And also, uh, as we did last year, we are collecting school supplies for the young kids in our church. So there's a list of things that we need, and we would love for this to end up right around the, near the first week of August. That way parents know what has come in, so they know what wasn't covered, they can cover. But we're hopefully covering all of it. So just like last year, bring in school supplies, drop them in this crate on the back table back there. If it's overflowing, we'll grab it. And then right before school, we'll distribute it to all the students in our church. So uh, help the parents out this year with school supplies. It can be a little pricey. I know there's a lot needed for school, so that's what this is all about. We're going to bless the families of our church with school supplies for the coming year. Now, I know the kids just got out of school. We're talking about school in the fall. I get it. Relax. you got the whole summer. But we're going to start collecting supplies uh, here right now. And other than that, uh, let's see. Uh, don't forget also Serve Week, July 31st through August the 4th, every night, Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We're going to be out serving in our community with some different uh, options for you. Starting Sunday, there'll be a sign-up sheets for the different things we're doing each night. That way we know uh, who's coming out to help each night that we're doing things. So on the sign-up sheet will be listed the activity of that night. But we want to get outside the four walls of our church and get out in our community. Amen? Sound good? All right. How about everybody jump on your feet? Let's uh, praise and worship Jesus together tonight. See what you can do, oh God of wonders. Your power has no end. The things you've done before in greater measure.
captives then you're free in hearts right now you are the same god you are the same god you touch the lepers then i feel your touch right now you are the same god you are the same pray that you would just come and fill us up, Lord. Fill us to overflowing, Father. Fill us again and again and again. Lord, I pray that we would seek after you with our whole hearts, Father. That we would remember that our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Lord, I pray that we would just stand on your firm foundation. That we would be pleasing to you, God that we would give you all of our worship, that we would give you all of our praise. Just come, Lord. Blessed assurance And Jesus is mine And he's been my fourth man in the fire time after time. And born of his spirit and washed in his blood. And what he did for me on Calvary is more than Trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. And I trust in God, my Savior, the one. Who will never fail? He will never fail. Perfect submission and all his arrest. 
what a gift it is to serve a God that never fails. You are worthy of our worship, Father. Lord, I pray that we can just honor you in all that we do, that you would come and have your way here tonight, Father. Just come and be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here with us. If you would, just go around and greet some of your family of faith. And kids, you are dismissed. Again, it's good to have you tonight. They're going to get kids checked in downstairs, and we'll give them a second while they do that. So, But if you have tithing offering and you have something to give tonight, you can prepare that. Offering envelopes are in the chairs in front of you. And if not, Chris has some envelopes in his hand. Just wave at him, and he will get you one. We appreciate, uh, again, always as we say, we appreciate your giving and uh, your faithfulness in your giving. God is faithful to us, and we are faithful in response in our worship to him, amen? And our, our giving is always a part of our worship here at our church, because we believe that, again, the tithe and the offering, tithe is holy unto him, the offering is, are things that he is impressing upon our hearts. So as we give tonight, it's done with a, a cheerful heart, a glad heart, and a heart that's being changed into his likeness, Right? Isn't God, uh, in his nature, a giver? Isn't that true? I mean, the reason that we're here is because, A, God is love, and, and love uh, has, you know, things that uh, are there to receive its love, so God creates. But part of the idea of God creating is that he's a giver. He gives life. He gives provision for that life. And, and he always is faithful in the processes of those things. So to become like him in nature, in one sense, is that I'm, I'm going to have a heart of a giver. And, and I'm talking just in the church. I know people can hear me say this and say, well, you're just trying to get them to give to church. I want you to give to church, obviously. Amen. But that's not the reason I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that because Christ's likeness will build, be building in you a character and a nature and a want to give. Amen? And one of the ways we're taught that is in the giving in the church. So as, as we give tonight, something is, is being built in you. Obedience to God just is not obedience, but our obedience to God teaches us something. Amen? All right, I'm going to pray over your giving. If you have something, you can bring it tonight. Lord, we thank you 
for an opportunity to give, Lord, uh, to be in your house, to worship, to be together on this Wednesday night, Lord. And we just pray as, as we give tonight, your blessing upon it, it multiplies, it increases far beyond what our own wisdom can do, but the kingdom of God is being advanced, not only in this house, but outside the walls of this church, in our community, with what comes into the church. And Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen, amen. So, um, as you're coming, I'm going to ask Miss Lila to come down here. Everybody say hi, Lila. Come on. Lila, um, uh, Lila was just on a mission trip not long ago, and um, I'm going to give her an opportunity to share about her trip. Now, uh, somebody was telling me before church that she would had something to share. That when I asked her, she said, well, I, I, I don't know, so, but I'm still going to give her a chance to share. So I heard they had a good time, but why don't you tell a little bit about where you went and the kind of things you guys did on the trip. They'll get it in just a second. Hello? Oh, there we go. Okay. The mic wasn't on. Okay. Um, we went to the capital of West Virginia, Charleston, and it was with an organization called Youth Works. They do this all around the country in different states. Youth groups go, and they do missions. But I also, as most of you know, I went on a mission trip last year, and it was a lot of uh, physical work, and we, like, built ramps for people, did a lot of stuff that people can see. This missions trip was a lot of, more about the mental and spiritual impact we made. Um, we'd wake up and eat our breakfast, and then we went to a place called the Boys and Girls Club. Hold on. We had a different, a couple different groups. Not everybody did that, but my group and most of the people from Only Believe did. I went with the youth group from Botkins. So we went to um, the Boys and Girls Club, which is a um, basically a daycare for kids who don't have the best home life. It's run by the Salvation Army. So um, we went there, and it wasn't like we were, like, planning it out, like, doing stuff with the kids, but it was we were kind of just their friends, and we were there to be there for them and to make a good impact on them and show them what Christ's life is like. And so, like, we did this activity where we were drawing on flags, and they were going to hang a couple of them up, right? And so... The teacher said, hey, do you guys want to do some? A couple of us did. I did because I like crafts. So <laughs> so I did that, and I did, like, God Loves and did, like, red and white stripes. So it was also America. And then, like, a couple of the kids, like, Salvation Army has said that they're, like, Christian, but, like, not all the kids are. So we were trying to impact on them, like, what a Christian is. And I t got to talk to a couple of the kids, but a couple of them were, like, writing bad stuff on their flags, basically. And so I was just trying to be a good example to them by doing that. And I don't know, there was a couple of kids who had names from the Bible, so I got to talk to them and be like, do you know who you were in the Bible? And it was really a good experience. Um, wasn't physical work, not something people can really see, like, oh, yeah, the Youth Works kid did that. No, we were really, it's more planting a seed, as Pastor Tim described it. We were planting seeds in them, and hopefully those seeds will grow and, They'll grow to be good Christians. So thank you to everyone who prayed for me. I really appreciate your guys' prayers. It really made a difference. All right, Thanks. well, good. Thank you, Lila. Good deal. And by the way, for our uh, fifth to 12th grade, we have youth hangout every second and fourth Wednesday of the month during church. And, and there's a handful of our students that are going to uh, youth camp here in about a week. 
So I'll be praying for them as they're going to go and experience God in, in a whole, whole big way, I believe, at camp. So anyways, you got your Bible, Proverbs chapter 29. We are still in the book of Proverbs. Um, just kind of picking around some different bits of wisdom that we see in the Bible. How many know that we need wisdom? And we should be seeking the wisdom of the Lord in how we live life. Uh, Proverbs 2.6 is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, certainly one of my favorite Proverbs. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And we should be praying consistently, if not daily, for the wisdom of the Lord as we live life. So, for the last month and even next week, we're in the book of Proverbs. So, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 11 is where we're going to be tonight. And it says this, a fool gives full vent to his spirit. And some of the translations have the word rage there. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, his rage, his anger. But a wise man quietly holds it back. Full vent or quietly holding it back. There, there's some options here. When I was in college, uh, I went to college at Evangel University, Evangel College at that time, uh, Springfield, Missouri, and the main drag down through Springfield, which the college is right up against, was called Glenstone Avenue. It was a, I don't know, I, I'm, for some reason I'm thinking it was a weeknight, I don't remember, it was dark, but Glenstone Avenue had all the restaurants on, it was sort of lit up, and I was out in front of the, my dorm, and I, I'm sure there's some other people hanging out, and all of a sudden, I noticed, and it was pretty obvious because everybody else started noticing it, there was a truck kind of jacked up and the wheels were kind of high, you know what I'm talking about, and a car literally smashing into each other going down Glenstone Avenue right in front of the college. I mean, it was just running into each other. And, bam. and it was, it was kind of like, if, if, I'm sure you guys growing up, you have your matchbox cars and Hot Wheels, you ever smash them together? That's what it reminded me of. It's like two little kids smashing cars together like they're Hot Wheels or Matchbox cars, except there were, there were adults in real live vehicles. A fool gives full vent to his anger or his rage or his spirit. But wisdom, a wise man, quietly holds it back. So I have a question for you in, in this proverb. Are you a full vent kind of person? Or are you in wisdom quietly in control? Well, you might say, I'm not full vent, I'm sort of half vent. But I'm still not quietly in control. I'm only a quarter vent when it happens. Okay. But it's still not quietly, not quite quietly in control. See, what I do know is it only can take one moment for an out-of-control, full-vent emotion to change your future or change your reputation. So, for instance, I don't know anything about those people driving those cars. I'm assuming eventually the police got involved I'm assuming, and it could be 
Both of those drivers or one of those drivers never had any kind of a traffic violation at all. Speeding, running a stop sign, never. Clean, clean record, but yet something happened where not one but just both had full vent to their rage and guaranteed their future was changed. Loss of driving privileges, possible jail, whatever, right? It only takes one moment to change your future when we are giving full vent to an emotion. Now, I know this is specifically talking about anger, rage, that's great anger. But I have a question for you. Do your emotions get out of control and move beyond just anger? Or another way you can put it, do your emotions control you? It's a question you can ask yourself. Are you full vent or half vent or quarter vent or are you wise and able to be calm when others may be in full vent? So, so in other words, what is foolish? Foolish is out of control or being controlled. Wise is able to keep control. That's wisdom. Now, here's the thing. I do need to say this. Emotions are good. God created you with emotions, you know that? It's not like God made man, and then uh, remember what he said about man when he made Of all the things that he made, he said it was good. Then after he makes man, he says it's very good. And it wasn't like he made man very good, then man falls in sin, then emotions come with the fall. Now, emotions were there before the fall. So God makes you with emotions, and your emotions are actually a good part of your life. A free will being that is an individual and not a robot needs to be able to express themselves as we go through life, and emotions play a big role in that. Right? As a matter of fact, we're made in the image of God, and we see in the scriptures that God shows emotion. Have you ever read where God was angry about something? Yep. Have you ever read that God was jealous over his people? Yep. Uh, did you ever read that the scripture says that God is compassionate? Yep. Have you ever read that God is love? Yeah. Well, God, God has emotions. Jesus, too, by the way. Jesus was fully man and fully God, and, and he had emotions. Uh, have you ever noticed in the Bible it ever seemed like Jesus was frustrated with the disciples a little bit? Yeah, frustrations and emotion. Uh, have you ever noticed that sometimes with the religious leaders, he was a little sharp with them? When, when that whole business of woe to you, and you got the whole chapter, he, he keeps saying, woe to you. Well, that's being a little sharp, Okay. But never, in any case, is God or Jesus out of control. Even in judgment, God judges justly and he's not out of control. And we know even to the point that when Jesus was on the cross, he did not retaliate out of control response in anger for what was happening to him. 
So we see the examples in the Bible made in the image of God, but the God we're made in the image of in wisdom is not out of control. So I know that our emotions, they certainly affect how you feel, uh, that they can cause you to react in certain ways, right? Uh, they can cause you to, um, your behavior to, to be affected in certain ways beyond reactions. But when it comes to interacting with other people, your mood and all these different things, being driven emotionally can end up in a full vent situation that belies the Christian ethic. And that's a mouthful. So I'll ask you a question. Let's say one of those two drivers was a professing Christian. Would you consider the actions of a smash-up derby, demolition derby down Glenstone Avenue, the response of the Christian ethic? Probably not. What if his life was threatened? Drive the other way. <laughs> Head to the police station. You don't have to have demolition derby down the highway. You see what I mean? Full vent emotion. It can be, be in different kinds of emotions, by the way. Can cause us to, to act, uh, be in moods, behaviors that belie the Christian ethic. So emotions and what they cause should be expressed. So it's not that you can't ever express something. Uh, don't deny your emotions. That's dangerous. You have a makeup for a reason. But how you express your emotions means everything. I was looking and I started to write down different emotions and I, I just jumped online and I, there was one place that we have like, could have like 270 some different kind of emotions. I don't know, that's a lot. I know I'm not emotional, I can count maybe five that I have, I don't think it's 270, but whatever. There's a lot of emotions out there, right? But God made us with them for a reason. But there should be nothing in your life, nothing in your life, including emotions, that are out of control. Nothing that's out of control. So when I was growing up, I just thought of this. I don't know why I'm thinking of this. Maybe you'll relate to this. When I was growing up, we had those little motorcycles. It used to be Evil Knievel, but by the time I got one, it wasn't. And you put it on this thing, you wind it up, and the thing just shoots out. How many know what I'm talking about? Little, okay, if you're younger, just look it up on YouTube. It just, and you can point it in a certain direction, but you don't really have control. Because once that motorcycle starts going, it's going to crash, it's going to jump, the guy's going to fly off. It's just going somewhere, right? That's not the Christian life. You don't wind yourself up and, and let it go creening and going where, wherever it just wants to go. Nothing, including your emotions, to be out of control in your life. And sort of maybe a different way of looking at it, there shouldn't be anything in your life that controls you. Right? Now, just to kind of show you something, Romans chapter number 12 Romans chapter 12, and just a couple of verses, but I just, I just want to make an example here. 
Romans chapter 12 and verse number 14. Paul writing to the Roman church, he's, he's going through some things. And, and notice what he's, he says here, Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Let me tell you something. To be somebody who blesses, how do you bless somebody? You speak blessing. You pray. Your actions kind of back up the fact that you are for their good. Bless those who persecute you. You can't bless people that are against you unless you got some sort of control over the emotions of your life. Because our natural inclination is to curse back what you're getting. You see what I'm talking about? You pray for them, but you pray good things. That can be hard to do because you're, you're upset. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're being persecuted, I know Jesus says, look, it's actually a good thing because the kingdom of heaven is yours, right? He says that, Sermon on the Mount. But that does not mean that when you're persecuted, you're just going to be like, hey, this is the greatest thing ever. I enjoy this. This is wonderful. Please, just pile more on. I'm going to go out of my way so I can be persecuted. That's not what we do. When you're persecuted, you're going to have an emotion that responds as, I don't like this. This upsets me. Maybe it can make me angry. See, what you do right there is, I'm allowed to be upset. But my response still must be blessed and do not curse. Full vent to my emotions will respond kind and kind and maybe escalate it. Wisdom and control is able to bless. But, but to, just to kind of show you that Paul's not against emotional uh, responses, he goes on to say, watch this, rejoice with those who rejoice. So as a church, when somebody's rejoicing about something, guess what you get to do? Rejoice, that's an emotion. Somebody has a breakthrough in prayer and they're rejoicing. I mean, somebody was just texting me before I came to church tonight about an answered prayer that we've been praying about. They were rejoicing. I'm rejoicing through a text, as hard as that is, but I was. I'm allowed to rejoice with those who rejoice. That's an emotion. You can respond. Notice what also he says here. He goes on to say, but weep with those who weep. See that? One of the most powerful things that a church can do when somebody's in mourning and somebody is in weeping to be there with them in that. So Paul is not about suppressing your emotions and, and blessing and not uh, cursing those who persecute you. What he's saying is you can have an emotional response because we can rejoice and we can weep, but at the same time, don't be out of control. Because when you're not out of control, you are staying within the Christian ethic. Amen. So I think maybe something you need to do, by the way, a little self-reflection. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, why do I feel the way I feel? First of all, is this emotional response proper? 
And even if the emotional response is proper, was I giving full vent or did I have wisdom there? I'll give you an example. Fear. Fear is a very good emotion. It keeps me from walking out in front of a semi-truck on the highway. I mean, well, that's good. When you start to grow up, you learn certain things like don't touch the stove when it's hot. It'll burn you. You have a certain respect and a healthy fear of a hot stove. Right? But at the other end of it, it's not good to live in fear of all things and everything and stunt your life because of it. That's not the way God wants you to live. In other words, your fear is getting full vent versus in the healthy place it should be. Right? Jealousy. I, I, I'm jealous after my wife. I should be. But I can't be jealous that she can't ever talk to the opposite sex or interact with somebody at work that's the opposite sex or uh, have it in such a way that causes distrust even though there's nothing there. That's not health. I'm giving full vent to my jealousy but not in wisdom of being jealous after my wife. You see what I'm getting at? Emotions that are getting full vent are not of the kingdom. So if I am jealous in the, in the wrong way with my wife, that is not the Christian ethic. It's not Christ-likeness. Living in constant fear of life ultimately is not Christ-likeness. See what I'm getting at? There's a healthy emotion in the way to express it and an unhealthy. So are you full vent or are you in wisdom? I can feel sad. Nothing wrong with sadness. Unless it overtakes my life. You see, I'm getting at. So, here's the deal. We have to be people that are self-aware enough of our own selves to be honest with ourselves. Are our emotions proper, in the proper way. So, so anger, I, if you don't express anger, you'll, get, you'll be like a Coke bottle shaking up, waiting to pop and explode. But you're not supposed to pop and explode. Are my emotions being worked out in my life in wisdom or in foolishness? And to be honest, because, because again, one moment of a full vent can change your life. Well, maybe think of it a different way. Living a way of emotions not in wisdom and control, it affects the people around us. If any of you grew up with a parent, maybe a dad that was constantly full vent and anger, there's a certain perception of your dad that you have. It's not completely the best. Walking on eggshells when dad comes home from work, not sure what kind of mood he's in. Is, 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 the, is the switch going to get flipped because I forgot to put my bike away? You see what I'm getting at? It drastically affects the people around you. So I think we have to 
okay, can I say something that may sound mean for a moment? I think we have to stop being selfish, giving excuses for how we live with our emotions. So have you guys ever heard of this, uh, the, the Enneagram thing kind of tells you your personality? Have you ever heard of that? Enneagram, okay, so there, there's all these personality tests out there and stuff. I, whatever, I'm not against them. But here's the thing. When it comes to you and things like that, you, you can say, okay, I, I took the Enneagram and I'm an Enneagram 4. I don't know what that means. I've never taken I'm just throwing it out there. You're laughing. That must not be good for me. But anyways, um, I don't even know. And then all of a sudden you have the potential to start making excuses for how you are. What's well, just who I am? Or forget that, that stuff, but you think about it's just, just my makeup. My makeup is that my emotion of this is full vent. And we make excuses for ourselves because that's just who I am. But if that just who you are belies the Christian ethic, then no, that's not who you're called to be. And I'm not trying to make you feel shameful or, 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 or to make you feel condemned if you struggle with certain things. Sometimes it's just out of control. I understand sometimes it's struggle. It's, it's, it's not just, well, I'm just out of control. Sometimes it's actually a struggle. I get it. But at the same time, I want to challenge you, don't leave excuses there. That when you come to an awareness of how you are affecting other people, because of certain things that go full vent or half vent or even a quarter vent, or it's just constant way you are, that you take a little responsibility and say, you know what, in Christ Jesus, I can grow into the person that is like him. And though I'll never stop having an emotion, we're made with them, I can grow to a place where it's not out of control or controlling me, that's just the way I am. See what I'm saying? So we have to not only be aware of it, but get ourselves in the process of change. And change will not start until you stop making excuses. No more excuses. By the way, quit making excuses for the process. Well, I'm, I'm working on it. Okay, great, I'm glad. But still, here we are. Throwing something across the room. I'm in process, really? Don't make excuses. Because the, the thing that I constantly bring up to you, and I know you're just going to try to thousandth time I brought this up, like the fruit of the Spirit. These are things that grow in your life. And all the fruit of the Spirit, ending in the fruit of the Spirit of what? Self-control. Belie or come against full vent emotions or emotions that control you. Because if you really want to know what the kingdom is like, and Sunday we're going to be in the vine and the branches in John 15, Okay? I'm going to say this again Sunday. 
If you really want to know what the Christian life is like or the kingdom of God is like, study a farmer and growing crops. And there you'll find what the kingdom is like. It grows. If you are giving it the atmosphere for it to happen. Right? So we have a a plant, a flower, whatever it is. I don't even know what kind it is. On our back porch, all the other plants are doing okay. This one is dead. But if it's not dead, it's almost there. We were just talking last night, like, what happened to this thing? And we're thinking, are we watering it too much? Are we watering it not enough? Is it because there's no holes in the bottom of that container so the water's not coming through? It's just kind of drowning in there? I don't know. But I could make an excuse, stupid plant, just the way you are, because it's going to be dead. My fault. Right? I take responsibility for the plant, because if I was doing it right, it would be alive. I'm doing something wrong. I don't know what it is. See what I'm getting at? I will not leave an excuse that's a dead area of my life, so it's just, well, it's just, I don't know. Just leave it go. Take responsibility for who you are. Remember, again, discipleship is answering the question, what person am I going to be in light of the revelation of Jesus Christ? That's discipleship. What person am I going to be? Hopefully you're not okay with being the person in a demolition derby down Glenstone Avenue. Like that's just normal. No, don't, don't be satisfied with those things in your life. Be honest enough to say, okay, my past is going to be my past. I'm going I'm to ask for forgiveness. And, and may, maybe it's, it's just the way it deals with you. It's not necessarily sin, but you feel trapped by it. Look, God has answers to bring you through if you allow him to. And he will break bondages off your life. Or in the process of the Christian life, will grow new fruit in place of the stuff that shouldn't be there. So you go from being full vent in this to wisdom and calm, listen, and quiet control. That's wisdom. I believe God will help you, listen, if you consistently ask him to. I don't want, listen, and it's not just emotion. I don't want any area of my life that is careening out of control like that motorcycle. You just shot off that thing. And just who knows where it's going to end up. That's a dangerous way to live. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to be a person that can respond in the nature of Christ-likeness, not only because he's help, helping me in the moment, because that's actually what's growing in my life. You see what I'm getting at? So, again, discipleship. And we were just talking about this on Sundays. Early on, discipleship, there may be times that you must compel yourself to do something and respond a certain way because I realize that's the way Jesus would. But the goal of discipleship at some point is that you don't have to compel yourself anymore, but you've been changed into that. So, so if I was angry at somebody or somebody's confronting me physically, I have a choice. What would Jesus do in the moment? 
I may in that moment have to compel myself to turn around and walk away. Because if I didn't walk away, it wouldn't go good. But hopefully I grow enough into Jesus that I wouldn't have to compel myself. It's just what I do because it's my nature. Because I learned in Christian life on this earth, I just don't have to win at everything. And that's okay. Because God has a bigger plan. Right? That's growth. So, so be honest with yourself. Sometimes, unfortunately, the honesty only happens after the fact. And you realize, wow, I was just full bent there for a second in this. Oh, my goodness. I may have to go apologize. Apologies. Listen, apology, I'm sorry, please forgive me, is the root of the kingdom of God. And if you can learn to be a person that will apologize, amen. But then in those moments that you actually have some self-reflection, what can I do? The biggest thing is pray a consistent prayer. Lord, help me in my anger. Lord, help me in my fear. Lord, help me in my jealousy. Lord, help me in this sadness I can't seem to break. Lord, help me. Help me. I believe in the power of prayer because I believe in a powerful God. And I believe that God will begin to answer that prayer in your life. I believe that 100%. And the reason I believe that because I've seen a lot of people change over the years. And it couldn't have been done because of their own willpower. You try to change this by your willpower, it won't happen. But you put yourself in the habitation of the work of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Or you may have to be a person that every day wakes up and say, Lord, today, grow me into a person of love, joy, peace, patience. You speak the word into your life. Speak life. I believe change will happen. may not be next week. may not be for a few months. But if you're diligent with him working in you, you can go from foolishness to wisdom in these areas of your life. Amen? Believe that? Amen. Because our witness is tied to these things. So again, Glenstone Avenue and Demolition Derby. Smash, smash, smash. Finally, the cars can't go no more, and they wreck beside a McDonald's. And the one dude jumps out and says, hey, by the way, before I leave, let me tell you all about Jesus. Not going to work. The actions coming down Glenstone Avenue took away the witness of his words. Because people remember what you do a lot more than what you say. Your witness oftentimes is tied to these things. You, you, you blow off at your kids, out of control, full vent anger. Not that you don't have anger, but it's full vent anger. Then, then your kid's over here yelling and screaming. You go, hey, don't be like that. Really? Your, your words have no witness. Empty. They remember what you do. They don't remember what you say. You know what I'm getting at? It's connected to your witness. Amen? So, let's be self-reflective. Let's work on these things. Let's be, be conscious and aware of 
our own personal lives. It's what we're responsible for. The Bible says, this is what we're going to talk about a bit Sunday, by your fruits, you'll know them. The fruit is what comes out of your life. By your fruits, that's how they'll know you. Not by what you say, by your fruit. Amen? Okay, let's think about these things. Let's work on it. Amen? How many of y'all have some work to do? Let me see. Anybody? I know I do. Let's keep working. The Holy Spirit, Lord, help, help us change. Lord, empower us beyond our own self-will. Empower us beyond our own wisdom. Empower us to be who you called us to be. Lord, I know we go through different stages of life and things change from a time we're a kid all the way up through late adulthood. Even our bodies change, our emotions change. These are, these are things that just we don't snap and, and, and try to easily correct. But with you, Lord, you can help us navigate all through our lives, Lord. So we are disciples all the way to the end. Continue to learn and to grow and to become. So our, our witness, as much as we can, lines up with your character and your nature. So help us, Lord. I know, Lord, this is not easy. This is not easy button stuff right here. But, Lord, help us. And I know you will. I thank you so much for the things you've already done in us. You've been writing our stories. I, th I thank you, Lord, and you're still writing them. It's not, the book's not done. Next chapter coming up. Where it's, where it's been a chapter full of, of hurt and, and pain and, and why is this going on? The next chapter, we believe, Lord, is going to be victory, overcoming, persevering, out of and into. I, I thank you for that. Lord, help us. Keep leading us, guiding us, empowering us, strengthen us tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Amen. All righty. Well, thanks for being here tonight. If you need anything for prayer, come on down. We'd love to pray with you. If not, Sunday morning, bring somebody out. Be blessed as you go tonight.